0: chase behind my we if i could stand her here forever that would be fine by me i don't have no concept of time even with the rose gold concept on me welcome to a new podcast no concept of time i am your host edwin and with me i have my host yuneev hello hello <laughs> um just to give this a little background um backstory on how we all met. We were just talking about this pre-pod. Uh, Yaniv remembers the story a lot better than me, so I'll let him take that away.
1: So, this podcast has been in the making for how long? <sighs> at least once, if not more. Yeah, at um, least two years. You have a lot more experience with podcasts than I do. I've been a consumer of podcasts for since I was a senior in high school. I think I've been listening to like Joe Rogan and those guys. For a while and then i got into i started div- diving deep into like watch um publications and watch podcasts and i was listening to them for years and it's kind of been like a passion of mine uh the gray nato hodinke podcast standard age podcast um i've liked them forever um but they're all and not to shade any of them because I, I love every single one of them but they're all a little rigid and like the entire watch market, is a, the watch world as a whole, is very rigid and very... Um, button up. Button up, high class kind of thing. And yeah. I'm not necessarily that kind of guy. There is, like, the Nado podcast is a great one, a great example of, like, a more adventure, sport-driven mm-hmm. podcast. But I think what we're looking to do is, like, how watches intertwine with, like, pop culture, sports, exactly. music. Just, um, and how go ahead it's
0: just bridging that gap in between That that's that's what I feel in the sense of like yeah we like nice things nice high end things we have taste uh, compared to some other podcasts but um, it's, it's more of just bridging that gap in between very high end and like being able nope. to show a market of people that watches our a tad more affordable than they think because i think a lot of the normal consumers when they hear a rolex or an ap patek can be a little right about it they think oh that watch is 40 grand like right away i mean with some authorized dealers that's what you have to pay but right. there's a little difference I'm- into the nuances of other watches and more brands than just the big three out of now which is ap rolex and patek
1: yeah i think it's a a big thing like a lot of people I think I think most people when they think Rolex they think, oh my god, this giant expensive mm-hmm. which it is, don't get me wrong, it's like a very expensive um like toy almost. Some people yeah, think it's, it's like a it's
0: still a luxury.
1: Exactly, but that is not completely necessary. Um I see it more as like and this kind of goes into like how I got into watches and why I'm it so into watches. Mm-hmm. I see it more as like a a vessel of time something that you keep forever um that like my kids will remember me wearing certain watches they'll like have photos of me wearing them will remember me jumping in the pool with them wearing certain watches playing outside with uh you know wearing different watches and that's kind of how i started into watches so some background my best friend um i'm not gonna say his name i don't know if he wants me to say his name is a very very big um I would say like gray market dealer Um, and he has been for the entire time i knew him uh i remember freshman year in high school he's gonna laugh at this story but um and you will too actually i was it was my first day at this new school because i transferred from like a public school to a private school um and that's where i met him and i was wearing the wu-tang mids i don't know if you remember those the nike sb wu-tang mids they were i remember they were brand new just at the box I put them on and I was in the lunchroom and this psychotic kid screams, yo, those are some fresh kicks. And everyone starts looking at me and I was immediately embarrassed, but it was kind of like- I can only
0: imagine you in that. that.
1: Me and my gigantic legs, you know, and these mid shoes that did not look right on me. And I was wearing shorts for some reason. Um, But I remember him saying that and that was like one of the first intros that like we had and then from there, like, our relationship grew, um, and I got to, at a very young age, kind of, like, experience these insane watches. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was, like, the normal, which is, like, a weird thing. Growing up in Miami, it's, like, a weird, um, you have, like, a different view on life. Yeah, because everything
0: like, is very flashy and very, like, it's not
1: like you, um like, you grow up in the Midwest and, like, Definitely a Rolex the biggest thing in the world. And it's like, you buy it once and you wear it forever kind of thing. It was Mm -hmm. like, I was surrounded by, Uh, I remember um, me and this other kid, um, I'm also not gonna say his name, but the 5980 Patek was like our dream watch. And I remember it being like a goal of mine at like 14, I was gonna buy this $100,000 at the time, 5980 Rose Gold Patek chronograph. And I was like, that's that's my dream watch right there. Um, But yeah, that's kind of, I was, 14 ish at the time and then I had my grandfather who would come visit from Belgium I'd like to have him on the podcast one day he would fly in from Belgium two or three times a year um and he's been collecting watches forever forever and I've I've seen
0: some of that collection he definitely likes to stun on you a lot
1: it's yeah (laughs) um he is a big vintage collector and I was kind of like I it was like I remember sitting at the table at dinner once um, And we were talking about watches And I was like yeah I want a brick Like the AP brick In all yellow gold It's like this heavy Gigantic watch yeah. Or I want a 80 padded chronograph And he's like yeah Those are cool Like he was like He seemed so Uninterested like, Uninterested Completely uninterested He had no <laughs> interest. He was like Who cares about those Like modern watches are cool But look at this vintage Fuchsia Pepsi That I have And I'm That's like That's different
0: That's different
1: I remember being like, what is that? Like, who would want to wear this raggedy, jangly, old, faded Pepsi? Like, I didn't understand it at first. And I was still, from then on, even then, it was just like, those were cool, but, like, I still wanted the flashy ceramic Rolex Daytona. I wanted all those things. And then slowly, as the years grew and the more conversations we had, I started to understand the value in vintage, seeing the cool. Exactly, that and not to say that I'm, like, a huge vintage head now because I'm not at all. To be honest, I'm more of a... a I live in the sub-$10,000 sport, modern watch wa- tool. And you're a huge area?
0: sport watch fan. I'm I'm more on the side of your grandfather. I am a big vintage... Uh, Love vintage. Sport, like, leather strap, strap watches. Like, I like a lot kind of more dress-, dress watch.
1: Yeah, and I'm the opposite. But I that is kind of where the taste and like the look outside the box kind of thing came from. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially where the obsession came. It was like once I saw that, I was like, all right, let me dive deep. And also another thing that and so like that was. Trying to think of the year between like up until twenty nine, like the year before my wedding was Mm -hmm. where I was like dancing between vintage was cool and like modern, really hyper expensive watches that I was never gonna own kind of thing was. And then my wedding came around and um, my wife, Megan, and I were looking at buying each other watches for our wedding. Um, And that's really where I took like the big, 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 big swing watches. I was like full on, like, we're gonna buy each other these nice watches for our wedding. Like, let's make it something special. Um, and that's when I found a YouTube channel called Theon Harris, and I'm sure plenty of you listening know what that YouTube channel is. (laughs) Um, He's a Christian from Theon Harris is a huge in my space at least. He's a big um, podcaster now um, YouTube channel kind of guy, but at the time he was doing a lot of vintage stuff, and he had a huge passion for uh, the Rolex Datejust 1601, which is a I think late 60s, early 70s um, They just like a pretty simple, you know, date complication Rolex that is like a great entry-level 36-millimeter watch, and I was like fiending over it. I was obsessed. And there was one that I loved on the shop that was, this was probably in June, that I saw it in the watch. This was June 2019. I was getting married December 2019, and I remember telling my wife, like, this is the one, this is the, like, I'm obsessed with this one, and then I remember it selling, and I was like, fuck i'm not gonna get that I mean, watch. that happens
0: too. That happens a lot
1: and um turns out my wife had purchased it she was the one who bought it and it was sitting in our closet i think for a couple months um i ended up getting her an oyster perpetual um pink numerals it's a really cool watch um but yeah i got that's that was like the obsession that i had and then getting that watch on my wedding day was insane, especially coming from Christian with like just, Meg and I, I remember sitting like in our bedroom watching his, he used to have a segment, I forgot what it's called, with his dad, um, but it had to do with wine and watches. And like, they mm. would talk about, it was like a 20 minute, vi- 20 minute video a couple of times a month where they would like pick out a bottle of wine, drink the bottle of wine, um, and then talk about watches. And we would watch all of them doing research, like seeing what's at the best price point. And that was, like, my real intro into watches and, like, knowing the market, knowing what's available at certain price points. And then that's how I, like, it spread, like Wildfire. Yeah, I, I uh, like
0: um, to give a little background on how we uh, got introduced. And um, I really got introduced with watches with Yaniv. Um I really didn't have much of an interest in watches at least like i you know i knew the big watches rolex ap patek because people that i knew would buy these type of watches but my first introduction to watches was actually um my father my father used to have a squared watch it was it wasn't a brand watch at that time i'm if i had to guess maybe like a movado or some something something i don't know Um, but it was all gold but it was squared and i didn't realize this until later when we were talking about watches and i'm more of a fan of a squared or rectangle watch because i feel like it makes more sense on a wrist a square to be on a square than a circle to be on a square not to say that i don't enjoy Rolexes or Pateks or ap's but a square watch to me like a tank or a reverso make a lot more sense to me but now that i actually put the pieces together um that had to do with it because that was my first introduction to watches he used to wear that watch when you know it, it was a nice event to wear a watch too it like had diamonds on the uh hour markers and things of that like nature but that was my first first intro to watches my intro to watches where i started to get more interested in the complications and the actual reference numbers of watches was more when we met but you have a different story than i do so intro the story of when you remember us talking about watches. Cause when you remember us talking about watches, it's like three years before I remember us talking about watches.
1: So I was a store. I'm not, even, I'm not going to say anything. Actually yeah, I'm not don't give yeah.
0: don't, don't get too uh, much detail. No free pub.
1: I was working for a company. Um, and I had to travel from where I was living at the time, Miami, South Florida to Tampa, where we currently are. Um, I was traveling back and forth, um, and there was one day, the day we met, actually, I walked yeah. into the store that we were working at, um, company we were working for, um, and we first said hello, said our goodbyes. It was a really like, quick walk-in, walk-out kind of thing, and then the next day, um, we I met you in the store. Um, we got a huge shipment of product that we needed to assort, put around the store, merch around the store, um, and... I thought, like, we just started talking about things. Um, you were telling me about how you had a couple podcasts at the time, I think. Um, yeah. Well,
0: I had one intro to a second one at that
1: time. Yeah. Okay. So I remember you saying that, and then we started talking about the podcast we listened to, and it started off. We had a mutual, I think the mutual podcast that we first had was Two Bears, which is yeah. still uh, my Same. favorite podcast I still of see, all time. We still listen to it, yeah. We listen to it every week. Um. But that was like the main thing we clicked on. And then I started telling you how, there was other pods that I listened to that had to do with watches. I was obsessed with watches. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me that, oh, you would know, you knew about the Daytona. I believe it was the Royal Oak and the Nautilus were the three ones that we spoke about and like the market the big around watches. it. Yeah. yeah. And then I started to explain to you the, how insane the Rolex market was at the time, even now, but it was crazy at the time, um, how you like couldn't get into a store and just like buy one. and. Yeah. Big connection exists. for you, which is still the 100. Yeah, yeah. uh, biggest connection for you was the, like how it related to the sneaker market because you are, well in that sneaker market, you know everything yeah. about that. I, I was but have no idea about it. But it's very relatable to the watch market. Like there's still, there's so many, um, and I think that's how you made that connection. And that's I think one of the big reasons why you got interested in it. Fast forward. We Move on from that one company and move together to to another one, yeah. Another one, um, where we had quite a bit of time to do some talking, if you know what I mean. Um, a lot of
0: time to do talking.
1: You and I knew, started to get to know each other a little bit more, and that's when we were like diving really deep into like the nitty gritty of watches, and that's when you started to develop a certain style, Mm -hmm. and that's really interesting. You're talking about your dad with their square watches because that is like very prevalent in your taste right now yeah with watches like watches like the tank reverso the crash um those oh, are all pretty
0: pre- into a lot
1: <laughs> like um the one outlier that i have for you actually that i you i know you love is the vacheron overseas i think that's your I love like that watch. That's, that's i think such that's a your great watch what i what i love about your style and why i think it's it is different than most people is that you don't your your first go-to is not going to be like the daytona or the submariner or no. like the or the royal oak or the paddock it's always going to be like the overseas perpetual calendar in like rose gold with the blue dot like that's never the like basic one it's always like the you have like an eclectic taste if you would say well the um, thing
0: the thing is like so since i didn't grow up with a watch uh like in in my lifestyle every day i didn't see a watch to be you know a prevalent thing that i would like buy or want the thing is that when you get into something and you get into collecting it and you get into like, really diving into it, there becomes like a bit of uh, arrogance, with, with especially with watches. And it, it works with a lot of any collection, like painting, wine, mm-hmm. sneakers, any of it. There's stuff that people go to always, like a Rolex or an AP or whatever. And since I didn't grow up in it, I don't have that like arrogance of like, oh, I'd. Mm, this watch is better, cause the market right. says that it's better, or somebody else like some big watch guys like oh this is better. So like what I like to explore in watches is the watches that everybody doesn't particularly go to for their first hand watch. So like there's a lot of like different Cartier pieces that I like. It's a different uh, Jaeger pieces that I like. I'm a big fan of Vacheron, cause I feel like Vacheron makes some of the best watches, but they don't get the acclaim of a Rolex even though they're 100%. part of the Holy Trinity.
1: Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And it's actually funny. You're, and it's, a, it's like just talking about it now puts like a lot of pieces together for me. You have a very similar taste to my dad. Um, mm-hmm. my dad also, um, when I was really, really young, there's photos of him, like wearing nicer, like really nice pieces. Um, I think there's one of a uh, Paul, like almost a Paul Newman Daytona. I think it was a six, two, six, three. Um, and it's like him holding me and i remember he had he also had he loves the jaeger um alarm clock watch the one mm-hmm. that has like a built-in um and it's very he has a very similar take like whenever he said like i get uh instagram he's gonna laugh at this i, he, I get instagram dm from him like 11 every single morning because he lives in belgium so he's yeah. six hours ahead of him. every morning i wake up to like 11 dms from him on instagram and it's just cool watches and they're almost the same post you send me sometimes it's very similar Taste. So that's probably why I gravitate to. I like listening and hearing what you like. Um, Because it's 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 just just, different. Yeah, it's it's different. You have, like, you understand. I I remember we were talking about your first piece and you wanting that Grand Seiko GMT, which is like not the normal person's first high end watch. That is a very specific, beautiful. um,
0: Ivory Dow SBG M221. That's probably the only reference you guys will give me to, uh, like, say on this podcast, because that's how much we were looking at that watch, because that was in the time where I was still, like, very, very, like, hyper looking for my first watch. We'll get into mm-hmm. that towards the end. I, the first watch has still not been picked out. It's still in in limbo of what uh, my first watch will be, because, like you said, the first watch... That you get is you never sell that watch that that watch stays in your collection forever So I want to make that an apparent piece that I would wear a lot more But yeah, um going back to us talking about Um The intro to watches In the company that we worked in that we had a lot of time to talk about A lot of the Early days of us talking about watches was Mostly talking about watches that most people talk about in the watch community so there would be times where like i would be disinterested because i'm like okay it's a rolex rolex a rolex 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 like i don't i don't care like i, I like rolexes and there's specific rolexes that i really enjoy like a pre-daytona rolex i enjoy that watch mm-hmm. a lot but i don't like like you know the guys that we used to get to come to our stores where it's like yep. anytime you have a watch on it's immediately like oh rolex that's a nice watch like you don't mm-hmm. even know what you're talking about. Like you're just pointing at it because it's a Rolex or it's like Gosh. a watch that's very well known, like a Pepsi or a Submariner. But like I don't like the attraction of like some random, like, guy who who's like, you know, like the douchey type of guy. I don't I don't want to attract that that energy. And we've talked about that you specifically with precious metal watches, the ones that are really polished, the Rolex ones and neither yeah. of us really enjoy that because it's a very very bright watch in person
1: what i think was the 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 one that we saw quite a bit that i see most a lot of people that who don't necessarily like appreciate the watch and just wear it because it's a shiny rolex and it's like so it's like almost a status symbol it's a status symbol, 100 um, percent. it is i would say i would preface it by saying we worked at it like a pretty high-end luxury yeah. store yeah like it was a uh, a pretty high price point. Um mm-hmm. but I think the one that I saw the most was the two tones. I think that was the craziest thing. It like it was crazy how many rose gold two tone just we saw, two tone yacht masters. And it's those a lot and of I yacht think-
0: masters, a lot of blue uh, blue bezel gold yacht masters. Yeah. I don't know the reference number to that one, but that's that's the watch that we would see a lot and we would both be like that watch is trash.
1: And I think we, we realized, cause like, these are some things I don't, I didn't. I never really saw these in person mm-hmm. until I started working there. And like, you really notice how, and also that store was like extremely well lit. Like it the was, lighting in that room <laughs> was crazy. Um, so you could see how shiny these pieces were and it was pretty quick. Like, it was pretty quick for us to be like, yeah, those are, that's not our style at all. Like we not didn't, at all. it was a fun yeah. actually to like see clients every day, like, and kind of develop style off of these insane oh, watches that yeah. Seeing stuff, what we great. don't like, want we saw some some great watches but at the same time we saw some pretty pretty horrific ones um let's get into a three watch collection i think this is a great way to get to know someone's style um it's like a big thing that watch any kind of like collector like car collectors mm-hmm. uh, me and my so-called friend the great market friend we used to do this on the phone all the time with cars, we'd pick like a three car collection or like if we could have any car like we would need yeah. one for this and one for that. Um so three watch collection, we can do one realistic, something that you think you could actually perceivably own one day. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. then one no money limit at all. Okay. You want me to go see, first?
0: Yeah, go. I would like to see what you have to say about this
1: realistic wise. Um I'm pretty I wouldn't say I'm pretty close, um, but I'm pretty close to what um like my dream three watch if I had to mm-hmm. pick. Um, I have my Pepsi GMT on Jubilee that I love. Um if I could have it anyway, I'd have it on an oyster bracelet. Um but to me that's like the epitome of sports watches. Um high water high enough water resistance, uh GMT complication, which is amazing for travel, tracking to time zones. Um it's a classic. Like you can you know that design, that red and blue bezel is like a very special uh watch for Rolex. Yeah. Um, That's one it's one of the
0: watches uh, that mean you both really enjoy.
1: I love it. I just it's to me it's the like epitome of sports watch. It's classic. At, like the high end. Yeah, classic. Um for a dress watch, I think I would pick I would go Patek like if I could, ha- this is like the one like hold I have in my collection. I have my 1601 chest that I'll never get rid of. That's the watch for me like that. My wife gave it to me. It's at this point in my life, it's like my dress watch that I use right now. Um, but that's something that I will eventually pass down. But for myself, I would pick um, a Patek Calatrava, just the basic rose gold, um, small second hand at the six o'clock position, uh-huh. um, old plain. Like to me, that's what you wear with a suit. You wear it nice and clean, um, and then I would go sports watch. Right now, I have I'm wearing right now my Omega Seamaster 300M, really nice uh, professional, in blue, blue, blue rubber band. I mean, that's like the perfect vacation watch. It's like, it's the movement is insane. The coaxial movement is insane. It keeps amazing time, and like I mean, I took it off for the weekend. We went and played golf this weekend, and I took it off um, earlier probably it was probably like friday and it was still keeping good time when i put it on monday morning it was perfect so i mean it's it doesn't it's, really to hurt me,
0: at the price point that you got it too
1: yeah i mean i got a really crazy deal it, but <laughs> um it's to me it's like something you can dive in the pool with like i can mow the lawn with i could literally do anything with it so i'm not afraid it's gonna get yeah. hurt all right buddy we know you don't mow your lawn relax with that man listen i actually just fired my lawn guy because he was uh <laughs> If my wife listens to this, she's going to laugh. He was an asshole. He was horrible. Um, so I might start out mowing my lawn. But that is, uh, to me, like, three. Like, the, to me, that would be my three realistic. And I have two out of the three, so. Okay. Um, I, I,
0: I thought you were giving us the three already. So that's the realistic category. What's what's the no limit category?
1: No limit, I would go 5164A, the one that Odell Beckham was wearing recently. Um, black,
0: black dial with the black strap?
1: great yeah it's just the the steel paddock Mm -hmm. uh time sports watch i mean that's like the highest end of the high end it's hard for me to like nowadays to give like a no limit thing because i'd almost be afraid to wear that um just because of what's going on around the world to me that's a travel watch right i
0: mean we we know what's going on around the world especially in london i'm uh, I'm sure majority of everybody who listens to who's going to be listening to this podcast understands exactly what you mean as far as like big cities new york miami
1: um la because like that's the watch that's the one watch i would wear to like if i go on vacation with my family to paris like that's what i would Mm want to wear to track time to know like if my dogs are okay what time my dogs are going out kind of thing and then i would be tracking Paris time and like, or you know, jumping in the water in Spain or in Italy or whatever. Like, that's the watch, the high end watch that I would have, and you can't wear that. It's too, it's too, risky. it's too recognizable. Yeah, it sucks. It's, it's crazy. Um, mm. dress watch,
0: all of my dress watches probably, for me.
1: I, I know <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably go crash just because it's so like whether this story um, do you know about the story about the crash how it got yeah you're actually
0: talking about that story when we used to work together um it was the vp that got in a a crash and then they honored him by that's one of the stories at least because i've heard two
1: yeah the supposedly the story i don't know someone in design or some executive at Cardia was in a car crash Mm. and that's how wearing a, a tank louis i think it was yeah and the accident after the accident that's how it turned out to be whether that story is not is true or not um i think just from like an art my my father is uh is an artist and just like the art behind that watch the like it's, it's a
0: very oh, it. unique like watch I, that's why i enjoy <laughs> that watch the first time you showed me I didn't, I didn't even know the price point for that watch that's the thing where i would say that like i genuinely got to bring out my taste just as a human being when you would just show me watches because the price point would be different like you'd be like, hey what do you think about this watch i'm like oh, that watch is really nice Da-da-da. and then you'd be like oh this watch of, at that time at least the crash was like 300 grand that watch is like <clears throat> probably triple that now but I just I, I went in very open minded into it. Like I said, there was no like pre arrogance of like, oh, we don't wear these type of watches, that watches and like like the type of watches that people of our class wear and stuff like that. So, you know, like I really got introduced to it in a very childlike mind.
1: Right. And you don't like and that's the fun part about watches with you and I I would always show you like and I know and I as it was even more fun as I got to know your taste. I would like show you watches that I know you would like. And then I wouldn't tell you the price point, And then I would tell you the price point. It's like, whoa, what the, like, that's insane. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that story is true or not with the crash. Um, no. It's just that the, like how it, to me, it represents art and like mm-hmm. artist. Andy Warhol was known for wearing a tank. Uh, Muhammad Ali was wearing a tank. It's like, it's just a special Classic type of watch. watch. Classic. And I think the crash is like an artist's take on that classic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I would pick that. My third, so my philosophy on three watch collections are you have a travel watch, a dress watch, and then like an everyday sports watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so my third no price point uh, sports beater kind of watch. I mean, it sounds crazy, but um
0: yeah, but this is this is remember, this is no money. Like this is like money is not an object. You're like a Saudi prince. This is what you get. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I would I would pick probably an extremely high and um crazy engineered Richard Meal, which I know you're surprised by. I can already like see your face. I mean um, uh, I don't I'm not a Richard Meal fan for like what they represent. But I think in especially in the sports that I play now, golf. I grew up playing tennis. Um, I'm really into F1. Like, it's just represents. I don't like what it represents in pop culture. I like what it represents, like, on a highly technical sports level. Yeah. Um, Love to be, like, the Saudi prince in Dubai playing golf with a, like, Rafa Nadal Richard Mille. I think that would be really cool.
0: (laughs) That's a big boy watch. (laughs) That's a big boy watch um you have all three or you have one more left
1: i think that's all three the ap the crash and the Richard mill would be my
0: so my Mm -hmm. take on all this is i don't particularly buy or think about buying watches in a aspect of like um i'm gonna need a sports watch this is gonna be utilized like this much or whatever like I I just particularly I'm a person that if it looks good I like it and if it looks good on me I, like it's perfect for me. Um, so, so you don't
1: feel you don't what? feel like you need to check boxes. You don't you feel like you don't need nah. to have like one for this one for that and then one for this. Like it's I'll, just like you like it.
0: Yeah, you know I'll pick four dress watches and I don't care. Like you're like what are you gonna do when you jump in the pool? And I'm gonna like, just take off the watch. I don't care. Like that that make I don't care. Like I don't care about like jumping into the ocean and like it's cool that that, that like Rolex have that appeal where like oh I can actually jump in the water and swim in it or whatever but to me it's a little impractical for me to be like oh like yeah I'm gonna jump into the ocean with a watch or like playing golf to me with a watch it would be highly uncomfortable for me when you when you swing or just to have something on your wrist like I'm not used to wearing watches as much as I would say 99% of who listens to this podcast and you are. So it's still a level of uncomfortability with like, mm-hmm. even just like when, like I would try on watches with hoodies and then I'm like, I don't like, like that this is going to get like stuck under and I got to move it. It's a lot of like getting used to with me for watches. Cause I'm not a huge accessory guy either. When it comes to like getting dressed, like I am a very minimalistic person. So most of the watches that, i like are pretty minimal or have a little bit of the aspect of like a a little bit of pop just so it like accents what i have on a little more but i don't really have like a oh i'm a sports watch guy i'm a dress watch guy whatever like you know like if you send me something and it's a sports watch i can be like oh that's trash or i can just or if it's a dress watch i can also be like that's trash but there's times where i enjoy like sportier watches, like that Patek, the uh that you said you you liked. I like that watch also, like cause right. it, it brings a little different aspect to that Patek. When you know, I'm so used to seeing it on a metal or precious metal, so when you get mm-hmm. it on a band, like I'm a huge band person. Like you know, like I like bands, I like straps. I don't particularly like the metal bands. Only on like certain watches, like the Jubilee bracelet on the Pepsi mm-hmm. is like classic. Like that. Yeah. That's that's what I what I enjoy. Um, Let so, me hear these
1: three dress watches.
0: Yeah. So, realistic category. I think we've been speaking about me realistically getting a watch for a while. Just I haven't pulled the trigger because I'm looking for a very, like I can wear this 40 years down the line watch. But the watch that we always circle back to is the Tank Solar Solarbe oh yeah the price point on that watch is nice and like it's a very good intro watch and it's a watch that is also squared so I enjoy those watches a lot um as far as a realistic price point that's the realistic price point that I would like to stay in from that Mm -hmm. range to maybe like 10 grand um I would say that um also this can be uh, does
1: that one come on the vegan leather strap yeah Yeah, like on the fake love that that's so cool
0: um this is also subject to change like very quickly as i'm introduced to any other watches but as of now these are the watches that i'm realistically looking to buy um a jaeger reverso tribute is also Mm -hmm. a part of that collection for me um the last one is uh very like uh the last one is like when you do a top five it's almost interchangeable five and six all the time because it's hard to close out that three but the last one uh, what i've been looking at a lot more recently is the white dial uh rolex explorer 2 wow i've really enjoyed that that watch a lot more
1: do you like it with the orange hand or do you like it with the red hand? hand?
0: orange hand I like the orange head on that a lot. Like I've just seen that watch a lot more recently for some reason. Um, like mm-hmm. I haven't even been searching it. So the ads shouldn't be popping up for this, but I've really enjoyed that watch. You have the Explorer one, but the Explorer two to me is a very, very, very nice watch and we're talking about realistically at this point. So well, it'll change a little different when we get to the, uh, I'm a Saudi Prince money.
1: <laughs> so the Explorer is an interesting line for rolex um it's interesting that like so i have the explorer one and yeah. or the explorer the original explorer and it's kind of it's like a contention in the watch community whether like i mean it's a sports watch don't give me wrong; it's a water highly water resistant on a like sports strap it's a great watch but it doesn't have like that complication it's just time only it doesn't even have a day kind of thing mm-hmm. uh yeah. whereas like the explorer 2 which I can send you some, this guy, James Stacey, who is one of the hosts for the Grey NATO, has, is like known for the polar dial, the white dial. Yeah. Uh, Explore. I think he has the five digit reference, which is the red um, GMT hand. But that watch to me is like, that's that could almost be a one watch collection. That you, I mean, if you can switch it on between like a rubber strap or like a NATO strap, and then you have it on the bracelet, like you can wear that to a wedding. You can wear that Diving, yeah. you can wear that. It's a very versatile Literally. watch. Mowing the lawn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mowing the lawn. I don't know who's mowing the lawn yeah. and a Rolex, but alright. Like that that's very backwards.
1: <laughs> um give me that Saudi Prince collection. I'm really interested to hear this.
0: Saudi all right, so you already know number one, I'm starting that off with a crash.
1: It has to be. Yeah, of course.
0: Like that like I remember seeing that watch, and I'm like, this is a very, 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 like, jump out the window, unique um, watch. Like, it's very, it's it's unique, and it's good, because there's a lot of watches that uh, a lot of watch companies make where they, they're looking to create a new watch, and it's the mm-hmm. same thing as shoes. Like, the, I'm looking to create a new model where, I, essentially, I can make more money off this, but uh, in watches, I feel like it's a little bit more than that, because it takes more time so it's not as fast as a as, as a sneaker release but the crash was a take on like art like you said like for me the first time i ever saw that watch i thought that was a reference to salvador Dali. so and yeah, i'm sure a lot of people think that
1: mm-hmm. um but Can yeah. but uh, i have a, a hot take about the crash yeah and comparing it to you i might be completely off with this so just tell me if i'm off the crash to me feels like when Virgil did the like Nike 10. It's yeah. almost like he classic Nike silhouette or you take like the classic tank and you put your own like artistic twist on it and that becomes a classic.
0: Yeah. Except I like the t- I like the crash more than I liked the original of that cuz I, I like his was a right. more disc- okay, deconstructed your- point of view of it. It'd almost be like mm-hmm. if you skeletonized a crash. Which they do. Sense. Yeah, they do, and I don't like those.
1: Right. Okay, I see what you're saying. Right. I see what you're saying.
0: Like I'm not a huge fan of skeletonized watches. More only only skeletonized watches that I enjoy are aps, really. Yeah. Or the overseas good. that have just the little circle where you can see the intro to the, to the inside of that watch. But I particularly don't like. Like it's almost like if you remember back in the day when they used to have like the Game Boy, the Game Boy Advances, and it would like have this the clear, um, yeah, yeah, like Game the yeah. yeah, and yeah. I'm like, why do I care to see the the yeah. the wires yeah. in this Game Boy? Like, I'm not that type of person. I'm not the person that's like, oh my God, look at this! Like, look at how it all clicks and moves and all that. Like, I'm right. I'm not there yet. I'm sure there's people that's there, but I'm not there yet. Um, second watch would have to be all right, I'm going to need a little help for this one um, I sent this to you a while ago it's a Patek it's a vintage Patek it's a mm-hmm. 29 I can't remember the last two digits of the reference number though but I know me you talked about it. it's like a perpetual one calendar or something
1: is it's, it it's an
0: older watch I, I can't remember the name of it though let me see if I can google it quickly. It's a pad It's vintage. I've sent it to you before and we've talked about this watch. And we were saying and you were saying like yo, I, I did not think you would be into that watch. Um damn I forgot the last two digits on that reference number or three is digits 52- on that reference number. Is
1: it fifty two seventy? The 52- perpetual calendar? Fifty two
0: seventy is it the vintage one? It might be this one. Hold on, let me, let me, let me, let me click onto this quick mayor's ad. It is the, let me see here if they actually have the reference number on here. They don't have the reference number on this one.
1: you have the picture of it?
0: Uh, yeah, it kind of, it kind of looks like this, but I don't think it has the, the chronograph feature on it. Okay. It's I think at,
1: it's a fifty. 50- it's a 5270. Let me see. if This is a 5270.
0: I swear it was 29 something. Let me see. 5270. I don't know if it's that one cuz it lo- it looked a lot different. I wish I could just go into our uh our we'll find it. I can conversation. Yeah, our, we'll it. we'll find it and we'll give it to you next week, but it's it's a older perpetual calendar Patek and I really really enjoy that one. Um and then to end it off, this is—it's always hard to end off the watch. As a watch that I can spend.
1: You yeah, the Vacheron Overseas.
0: Yeah, that—that's definitely in my thoughts right now, the Vacheron Overseas. But I—I just, I just wouldn't know which one. But if if mm-hmm. I had if I had to give, the last one kind of off the top of the head, I'd probably do either a grand complication patek or the overseas everest would be one Oof. of the two oh my God, i can't believe i forgot that yeah it'd be that's... one of the that'd be one of the two that i would that i would want
1: that's one of my saudi prince ones i think yeah, I yeah. Think I would...
0: and it's crazy that that watch is like the price point that it is that like it's still insane to me i don't think,
1: I don't think there are any available for sale like I don't there think so. aren't only made 250 of each the chronograph and the dual time I think oh man that's such a watch that's That's such a nice watch
0: I'm telling you I don't understand like I to this day still don't understand why Vacheron is so of a slept on watch like crazy they make such good watch it could be the price point of the entry of the watch like an overseas is gonna run you some good money just retail
1: crazy but I mean that Everest is I would mow the lawn and wearing that that's on for sure
0: yeah but like if we really wanted to go like crazy money watches or whatever like there's so much other watches that we could have thrown in but there's I just don't see myself wearing those watches that much like you know okay. they got the classic like Daytona rainbow but I, I like it on the oyster flex like that that's that's a nice watch mm-hmm. but like I couldn't see myself wearing that watch all the time or like, you know, just some of the watches that all these like rappers or celebrities wear, where I'm just like, that's just too flashy for me. I'm not that much of a flashy
1: person. Um, So what I'm hearing is that this three watch collection is gonna change and my three watch collection will absolutely change. And I feel like we can do this almost every week and we'll have, we can come up with a different three for each category yeah um, especially, especially if a couple yeah. months down the line this, this After can, things come out
0: this can subject to change at any time especially me with the first watch still like that first realistic can change as I start seeing more and more watches that uh, that I am into also what I wouldn't mind adding into that uh, into that. I'll do this as Lucky an honorable mention for the, um, it, it can somewhat be in the realistic and unrealistic because the watch retails around like 50, but the uh, Jaeger uh, Master Ultra Thin, the oh. Doctor Strange watch, I've always enjoyed that watch a lot too. That's always, been, watch. that's always been a watch that I really enjoy, but yeah, that, that we we can end Jaeger that off also, on
1: that one. Jaeger and Vacheron, to me, JLC look uh, Liquid, are the those two are like the most I don't understand why they're not like top of the food chain watches, which mm-hmm. I mean their quality is, don't get me wrong but I just feel like it's not in the conversation as much.
0: Yeah, we mean popularity when we mean top of the food chain watches. Obviously the the materials and stuff they might be better than some of the watches that everybody wears because i hear that a lot between omega tudor jaeger cartier that it's it's a it's a more bang for your buck watch
1: yeah speaking of bang for your back bang for your buck watch uh new tudor pelagos what do you think
0: really enjoy that watch that that could be easily in the realistic watch category for next week i saw that watch uh, you might have sent it to me and then i also got it sent to me but from somebody else but that is just as far as the entry-level watch that's a great watch like if, if if i'm comparing that to a just oyster perpetual like classic rolex or like a cartier tank louis if you want to put it in that price point but that's a good six grand more than it is or the grand seiko yeah. sbg m221 it's still cheaper than that and it comes on the i don't know what um what's st- what would be the strap name for that so is that still the oyster flex is rolex's daddy
1: so here's the thing tudor and rolex are sister companies but they're separate like so they're not they don't work together yeah if that makes sense here's my philosophy on tudor i feel like Tudor rolex as a whole like as an entity will come up with these crazy ideas for sports watches or just anyone like mostly sports watches though because Tudor really is heavy in their sport watch mm-hmm. category we'll come up with these ideas and release them through Tudor. like almost will test them through Tudor. yeah so like earlier this year um uh i, th- I forgot what the show was one of the with the big show that rolex like releases there new watches and everyone thought the they were going to make a titanium yacht master mm-hmm. and they, did, they didn't They did end up doing it um mm-hmm. but i feel like titanium is the like a new like a really big new metal that everyone is playing really with of, and yeah. I, own, I own which i love the no time to die seamaster um 300 i love it like it's all Grade two titanium it's it's unbelievable it's it's insane to me how durable it is and how light it is and it's such a different experience than wearing a stainless steel watch and i would love for you to try on this pelagos because i've owned a pelagos i owned a blue pelagos the 42 millimeter one that's gigantic and i mean for me on my i wear i have an eight inch wrist i have a gigantic wrist so for me it fit perfect but at this 39 millimeters it's uh, supposedly measures at forty because the crown over the bezel overhangs mm-hmm. on the, on the nine o'clock side. But I mean, it's still like the perfect size, super slim, titanium, as tough as it gets. It comes on. Their version of an Oyster Flex. It's a rubber. Yeah. It comes with. It looks so nice strap. on
0: that on that rubber strap. It's so nice on that strap.
1: It's easy to change. It's like, cost certified. It keeps amazing time really great in-house movement for forty-four hundred bucks for a <laughs> That's watch a that look and watch different. i mean that is a fucking watch i mean I, who who wouldn't i i i to me it's almost like especially what i love my favorite part about it all and i just started to see it in the recent photos of it is the um red pellet the way it says pelagos in red which is like mm-hmm. a nod to the old earners um a lot of the like old sea dwellers these old dive watches had their model name in red. And I remember my grandfather, one of the coolest watches that he showed me when I was really young was a double red, I think it was a double red sea dweller. Um, and then Rolex came out with their modern sea dweller with the red sea dweller. So it's really cool to see that they're pushing that in Tudor too. This is like an amazing watch. Oh, I like to, watch. If you would have asked me a month ago, what the perfect one first watch would be for someone who just wants a nice watch. I I don't. It would take me a while. Now I pretty much have this answer. This yeah, is it. I th-
0: I think like this right now is the best intro at basic watch. I would say that an Omega cause... and a Cartier, but a, a Cartier is two thousand dollars cheaper than this. If you want to get a Solar Beat, well, if it's if it's Solar Beat is still available, uh, at the time frame that you wanted it, yep. or if you know otherwise dealer because. For some reason, those have become pretty popular too in the aftermarket. Um, but that and then what is the price point for a Seamaster and Speedmaster? I think it's like,
1: eight. Seamaster is no, the Seamaster is like fifty two hundred on the bracelet a great price too though. I think it's like forty eight hundred. I don't know. I have to look, but like probably like, let me look it up real quick. Omega Seamaster.
0: That's a I great know that so the,
1: Here's the thing: the Seamaster No Time to Die is nine grand okay. in titanium. So yeah. that's in titanium. The steel, like what I'm wearing, in on the on the steel bracelet is fifty four hundred, mm-hmm. and the rubber is nine hundred. I mean, look at um, that.
0: That titanium price is nine grand. That's, that's five more grand than than this watch would be. Like that's and, what I'm saying. Like the the materials that you would get on some of these watches that people. Uh, don't really think twice about. I'm not saying that about Tutor, but I'm just saying from an aspect okay, so on this podcast is going to be an aspect of somebody who is has been into watches for 20 years at least or whatever. <laughs> and then you have me who's been to watches for about a couple of years. From the aspect of a consumer that is just you know an outsider consumer, Tutor isn't really, you know, a huge watch company in like because everybody wants a rolex everybody wants a rolex everybody wants a patek everybody wants an ap even cartier and some and some of the other pop culture references gets referenced as like a lesser than watch and Tudor, i think is a like a really great basic watch if you want to get in at that entry level 4400 i think even some people who our rolex people are going to start mm-hmm. migrating yep. to getting some tutors because that material that you get on that and the accessibility of a tutor is a That's lot more easier than going to an authorized dealer and them telling you you have to spend sixty thousand dollars on some
1: gold gold or, or
0: diamond bs that they I- have then, like, yeah, like if if I can just go get a tutor, a titanium tutor, that someone somewhat looks like, a sub banner for four grand, thing- like, <laughs> that's that I'm going to get that.
1: Here's the crazy thing. From what I understand, it's available. You can go and get it. It's not like something that you have to fight for. It's not mm-hmm. something you have to. The thing about, I have a relationship with an authorized dealer, and I have for for Rolex, and I have when i purchased i have an oyster perpetual 41 blue dial when i i remember buying that and it was such a like horrific experience at the ad that like i understand what i'm i understand the market but like the average person like my neighbor has saved up their whole life to go and buy their dream watch their rolex they go in one they can't even get it so they're on a wait list for nine months whatever they wait nine nine months months. they wait wait eight months however long it takes They finally get that call, come and get your watch. We have it here ready for you. And it feels like you're buying a pair of sneakers at Champs, almost. Yeah. You go in there, You, they, at least this was my experience. Maybe it's some other authorized dealers, it's not. Um, you used to be offered champagne, used to be offered chocolate, used to be like wine and dined. And you're spending a lot, a lot of your hard earned money to buy this piece of jewelry. And they treat you kind, <laughs> kind of bad. To be completely honest with you, and if you can go to Tudor, I mean, not to say that you're going to be winded down at Tudor, but you get this unbelievable watch that you can actually get. Like you decide, okay, this is the watch for me. I'm going to go get it, um, and you can actually go get it. Like that's a big, big part of the exactly the, the thought process for me. Um, so yeah, I think this is this is going to be a competitive watch. I think it's going to be bought a lot, a lot
0: i would not be surprised if this gets bought out so much that there becomes a little bit of an aftermarket price point for this
1: 100 agree yeah. on that
0: because that's a really nice watch it, it did they come out in multiple colors as well
1: no just the black so far okay um but okay. i can the other pelagos the 42 the one that's 500 meter water resistant which is more like sea dweller comparable to mm-hmm. um in comparing it to rolex with the helium escape valve those come in um blue as well which is the one that i owned that's the which one i love that,
0: yeah that's the one that i saw then yeah that, that's a really nice and watch too
1: the clasp on it too was is on the i don't think it has the same class as the old pelagos but the old 42 millimeter pelagos if you can look it up and go on, look at that clasp it's spring loaded so like as your wrist swells mm-hmm. it can adjust like as you flex your wrist the this- actual clasp Loaded, so it can move with your wrist. So it's not a, the comfort level on that is insane.
0: Does this one have that, or no? Oh, the clasp changed on no. this one. Right. It has
1: like the the micro adjustments where you can. It's called the T fit clasp, and I think mm-hmm. you can like adjust, but you have to like manually take it off and like move the spring and then lock it into place. Whereas the other one, you didn't. It was like on board. Like you would, like if I were to go do a handstand, which I don't know if you could imagine me doing a handstand. <laughs> Definitely not, dog. The clasp would flex as my wrist would flex because it would have like a spring until it obviously that's couldn't dope. Flex.
0: that's dope um, cool. do we want to get into the watch that we'll be seeing on a lot of superstars and athletes um, AP mm-hmm. that watch is o- perpetual
1: I want to hear what you think about it first the royal we're talking about the royal oak the royal blue ceramic perpetual yeah Calendar. backstory they have a white Ceramic perpetual calendar, and they have a black ceramic perpetual calendar, the which are
0: white one looks better to me.
1: Uh, okay, like Why that,
0: so? I don't know. I just from the picture that they have on Hodiki right here, that white one looks like like a very very classy watch. It like the thing. The thing is with the white ceramic dials usually. She, I mean, white ceramic watches. It usually looks like extremely like G Shock richard mill for me and i'm i'm not really into that look of a watch for me specifically um the blue one we've talked about this it looks like a g-shock from from what it from what it looks like on there and all blue watch i'm not really a big fan of that like that's not something that i'm gonna particularly wear a lot this is definitely a watch more for a person that i have like 40. so Mm -hmm. this is something that i can wear as a statement piece every once in a mm-hmm. while like this is gonna be on LeBron's bronze wrist at like some event where he just like this is gonna be on the wrist game day like he has a white tee shorts and he'll have this this uh royal oak on like it's a nice watch i've always liked royal oak it's a classic like you can't say anything about that watch the blue one's just not for me i feel like if i had to wear either or the white one would be the one that i would wear more but i don't think i would see me wearing these watches like personally these will make my uh Saudi Prince 3 watches like <laughs> ever like it's not happening
1: okay so for me the black ceramic open work one that's one of my that could be in next week's Saudi Prince collection for me but the, is the black one,
0: ceramic your gray market friends watch that that he sent to us and it's like yes. 700 grand Oh, I, I thought yes. we were talking about only the new watches. Is the white one not new either?
1: The white one's not new. Oh, so... The blue I, one's the... Other.
0: Yeah. In this article, I, like, the way they referenced it, I thought this was new. The blue one's the only new one. But, yeah, if I had to choose out of the three, I'm definitely choosing the black ceramic dial. Like, uh, okay. like, yeah, like white, that's what I'm taking.
1: Here's the thing. Okay, I like the white. The white looks great on specific... Like, in spe- if you can see the, the white, the article about the white one when it came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. It looks cool. Like... You're wearing it with, you know, a blue blazer, a white shirt, and, like, it matches with the blue, ba- whatever. It's cool. Yeah. It gives me very, um, AirPod vibes. It feels very, like, sterile, almost. And it the
0: dial, on ve- that blue is so nice, though.
1: It's super nice. But the white ceramic to me yeah. feels very Apple. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's, like, if Apple made a mechanical watch, it'd be kind of like that. The blue gives me very Hublot vibes. I'm not. I'm not crazy about the blue. <laughs> be very hublo energy here i'm not crazy about it we'll i get, have to see it on
0: we'll get into the whole Hublot aspect of watches and me uh understanding that hublos are a very miami maserati Ooh. watch guy
1: <laughs> miami maserati is perfect <laughs> uh, i i'd like it i think it's cool yeah i, I think would never cool. I think I you'll see Kevin Hart wearing it. You'll see Mark Wahlberg wearing it. You'll see 100%. LeBron wearing it. Those are the guys that are going to wear this watch. They're going to own this watch. Yeah, cuz um, I have 150
0: Sammy. watches already, dude. Exactly.
1: And like it kind of completes like if you have the black and you have the white, you you should have the blue, you know? Yeah. It kind of completes that like trio. Um I hope they stop after this blue one. I think that's enough. I think we're good with the we're all good on the ceramic perpetual calendar. Yeah.
0: As far as like different, but that's the thing that I that I at least enjoy is that there is a like some aspect of I want to broaden it more than just you know the metals and the same colors that we get a steel titanium white gold rose gold mm-hmm. platinum like like. I, I do like the idea of like oh, like we can do different colors. But yeah, I don't want to see a red AP Royal Oak. Like that's not for right. me. man. That's,
1: that's when we get into it, for sure hue blue energy. Yeah, I think Richard Mill is one of those companies that are whatever. However you feel about them, they're good at pushing the limits with materials and like different composites, different colors. Um, I think they are the best at it. And I think yeah. as soon as you. Dude, like the th- It's one thing when you have a crazy special-looking watch like a Richard Mille, and then you have like the Royal Oak, which is a classic design, and then you start throwing those kinds of crazy materials and colors onto them. It kind of ruins, not ruins, I don't want to say ruins, but it changes the energy or the, the, the look of the watch The thing for me.
0: with Richard Mille that I like a lot, well, I, I won't say that it's very collaborative, <laughs> but they do have more collaborative viewpoints Mm -hmm. like you have the nadal you have the pharrell like there's a little bit more room of that like you don't really see that with a rolex or an ap or anything like that like the only ap that i know that's like collaborative is the marvel like Black panther one but like almost like what are you gonna say
1: but they did a lebron one too but it was kind of yeah
0: yeah um but i i do enjoy those brands that do allow you to at least like if you are a like top client to put your own spin to it and like kind of like Mm -hmm. when you go buy like a mercedes or a porsche or like you know a a expensive car they let you pick out the interior how you like it Mm -hmm. what you want a guitar on or whatever right like i feel like that collaborative aspect is really more pointing to a watch like fp jorn where it's mm-hmm. like if you really can get in good graces with someone within that company. Like I've heard stories on Hodinkee where people get in really good graces with people in the company and they let you at least, you know, change some color aspects within the watches. Like that's really yeah. dope to me. Even if like, like obviously you don't want to get it to be like, you know, a Nike by you thing where like everyone can do it. But <laughs> if, if like... Right like
1: the
0: uh, exactly where like like it, it's like the thing of like the story that they told on there was that he wanted to do something very specific with the colors and the dials and everything but they have to okay it i'm cool with that like if yeah. i'm a top client like that and then you get to okay it and i think that's like an aspect of like I can kind of make my own watch, like, in the form of, like, this AP. This AP is definitely, like, the... Uh, uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's, it's definitely, like, it's not made for their normal clients. It's made for mm-hmm. an expansion on maybe, like, you know, like, a lot of what these companies do is we know a lot of people can't afford it, but we will sell, like, ad revenues within like, clicks of us getting these watches and, like, like watches that really are, like, popping to the eye. So that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like, it, it would be cool if, like, they let you, if you're not, like, LeBron or something like that, like, an actual just, like, I'm sure there's a ton Perfect. of investment bankers and shit that want to make their own watch. It'd be cool if you got to, like, change just, you know, like, a little bit of the moon face or like something like time. that. Like, yeah
1: yes at porsche like the the color change and all those kinds of things yeah i think that'd be uh i think i know paddock does like piece uniques and those kinds of things but it mm-hmm. would be cool to see watch companies do that and, and i think rolex they used to for sure dude they have some like john mayer has some really cool um like you've seen the dominoes yeah um like i think uh jersey not jersey mikes uh jimmy jersey. johns has done a few um <laughs> i did not know about the jimmy johns <laughs> Yeah, the Jimmy. I think they just stamped the back, but still, like those kinds of... Personal touches those, to the watch. Exactly, exactly. But it's also a fine line where you don't want to become Nike ID. Exactly. Or
0: like you don't want to be watch. like, hey, I want an orange dial and I want a rose yeah, gold. Everyone. You know, like some people genuinely, whether it's not our taste, some people genuinely do not have taste. Like some people have to be right. sold right. taste. Like you see a lot of the people, like we said, in the, in the stores that we used to work at come in and watches and it's like, oh, you didn't buy that watch because you like that watch. You bought that watch because you like the attention that it gets
1: you. 100%. 100%. Um, Yeah. I'm going to give you some homework for our next show.
0: All right. What's the homework? I, I feel like I'm, you're my so. professor and I'm in college again. <laughs>
1: um, As we search for this new, your first... Nice watch. We've been doing this for years now. But years, literally. This is
0: pre podcast.
1: Listen. Football season's upon us. Yeah. We have some bets coming. We're gonna make some money. Easily we're gonna gonna buy first your watch. <laughs> yeah. That's easily. the first watch. So my homework for you for this week, for next show, is to do a deep dive on Omega's site. I want you to see the Seamaster collection. Okay, I'll break it down for you real quick. Seamaster comes in, they have, there's like three different, um, I would not want to say like departments almost. know, yeah. Omega, it's a very, um, I've listened to pods about this too. It's kind of confusing. So you have the Seamaster, which has the Seamaster Classic, I think it was Seamaster 300, Seamaster 300 Professional, and then it has the Aquaterra. I believe those are like the three big ones. The Seamaster Professional is the one that I have, the one that I'm wearing. The Seamaster 300 is more of like the classic-looking Seamaster, mm-hmm. um, and you have the Aquaterra, which is kind of like the date just do anything kind of 150 meter water-resistant screw-down crown, amazing watch. They come in a bunch of different colors now.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you have that, and then you have special editions of each one. Omega does a special edition for everybody. Like they'll do a special edition for the lawn mower guy. Like another thing anybody, that I don't
0: like about watches either, like. If you're going to make a special edition, a limited edition, make it limited edition for real. Like not I'd rather 15,000 oh. pieces and then tell me it's limited edition.
1: Omega makes special editions for anything. Yeah, no. Um they have the Speedmaster, which is the chronograph, which is the legendary moonwatch, mm-hmm. which also comes in a bunch of editions, but I think they you should look into that. That's a classic sports watch, really cool. And then they have like the Constellation collection, which is more like dress what well, you might like that too to be honest with you I, um i'm gonna
0: tell you like this from with the brief rundown that i've done on omega the aquaterra ones are the ones that i enjoy a lot
1: take a look i want to hear three picks from the site for you that we have that we can add to your short list bring three and then we'll narrow it down together on the pod to That's one the one yeah. the all
0: right well i guess we'll end this podcast here uh no concept of time episode one We'll see you guys next week.
1: Take it easy.